I had a hard time feeling ident- like identifying myself with other boutiques because I'm not like the stereotypical model body and or face <laughs> or ethnicity, you know? I just really wanted to create like a fun space online, a community where people felt represented. Welcome to the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant, turned boutique owner, turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hey, welcome back this week. I'm so excited that you're here. I am really excited to share with you this edited Facebook Live that I did with one of my students, Tabby. She is absolutely incredible. And the first time I met her in person, she was at my retreat in Chicago. So if you guys were there, you remember Tabby sitting in the back. And she asked about finding more people in her local community that looked like her, that felt like her. And I think this has been an ongoing theme so much post-COVID or during COVID, wherever the heck we are at this point. But really finding a community of people who understand you, people who look like you, who people who talk like you, people who are going through the same things as you, whether you're a boutique owner, whether you're LGBTQ, whether you are a stay-at-home mom who started a boutique, like it doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. We all want to find a community and we all want to find spaces and places that look like us, that feel like us, that represent who we are and who we want to be. And so in this episode, Tabby's going to talk a little bit about what that means for her, the adjustments she's made in her business, how she has found vendors that uh, scale from small to 3XL so she can provide that for her customers. It's just a great episode. So I'm really excited. If you missed our Facebook live a couple weeks ago, we are using it here as a podcast episode because more of you need to hear it. It was such a good conversation. So enjoy and thanks for listening. It's been so much fun to watch you grow your business and do it with consistency and authenticity. And that's what I want you to share today because I feel like so many people are scared to do that, but you just do it scared. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm excited. I, that means a lot, Emily. I'm glad that you pick up on that. I think it's awesome. I feel like, especially this year with everything coming up around diversity and inclusion, you were doing that from day one. You were standing up for your own feeling a little bit out of place yourself, where you live and where you are in the fashion world. You felt like I don't necessarily fit in. I don't fit the mold. And you're like, I don't care. I'm just going to do Abby. Introduce yourself, please, because I would like you to do that for yourself. I am Tabby. I'm Tabby Davida. My boutique is online. It's an online boutique um, called Shop Tabby. We've been in business for, we just turned to a, January 1st. It was our two-year um, anniversary. And yeah, from the get-go, I think one of the main reasons, like you said, that that really brought Shop Tabby to life was the fact that 
you know, as a minority, as a 5'1", curvy Latina, who was sometimes in between a large and an extra large, and still am, I had a hard time feeling, like, identifying myself with other boutiques because I'm not, like, the stereotypical model body and or face (laughs) or ethnicity, you know? I just really wanted to create, like, a fun space online a community where people felt represented where people felt like hey that girl kind of has a similar body as mine or her skin color similar to mine or both you know and I felt like that was a much needed change in the boutique and I feel like it still is you know like I feel like I'm this one girl trying to do something that's so huge and that should be like common sense almost for everyone But I feel like that's also what has set us apart from the get-go. So your online business, you sell, I would say like on-trend, casual, cool, nothing too funky, but I feel like you do have your tabby style and it is definitely fun. But I also feel like you were one of the first people that I really noticed who didn't totally rely on herself to model and who brought in a lot of people who not only look different from the typical boutique model, but also look very different than you who are taller. Being someone who's six foot one and not a size two, I really appreciate that you're showing people who have different body shapes and sizes because we've talked about the fact that you sell extra large 1X, 2X or really like where your sweet spot is with sizing. Yeah. And I think that goes to prove that there's totally a market for that out there. And I think for me, it was so important. I didn't want to be like a plus size boutique. Not that there's anything wrong with that. um, Because if anything, I'm so happy that there are brands that only carry plus size because, hey, there, there are people out there who need that, you know, but I didn't want to be known as that. I wanted to be known as a size inclusive brand. I wanted like the same girl that maybe has a cousin who's a small, but she herself is a three X and her best friend who's going to be like her bridesmaid, I don't know, is like a large for them all to be able to shop at the same place and like find the same thing in all their sizes. You know, I felt like it was either you find a bunch of really cute stuff in sizes small through large, or you find not so cute stuff in like one X or three X, you know, And so I just really wanted to be able to create this experience for people where it's like, you didn't have to feel different than this group or this group where everyone could like come and be like, oh, I love that. Like, that's so cute. My best friend wears that and I can wear it too. Have you found, because we hear this all the time, have you found that it's been hard for you to find the good stuff in all those sizes? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's so, so hard. I definitely believe like, as I think towards the future of like shop tabby, I mean, I feel like we're still, I know we've grown like crazy in these two years, uh, specifically this year. I feel like we've grown a ton, but as I think towards the future, I was telling my husband, I'm like, maybe like our billion dollar business is becoming a wholesale vendor that's size inclusive because eventually I want the tabby brand to be that where it's like, I'm supplying cute clothes and all the sizes for other boutique owners so that they themselves can continue to bring in that inclusivity. I would invest in that because that's one of the things <laughs> I think is so important. I also like die for a wholesaler to be open pack. I feel like if you're small 
to 3x if there's any vendors listening like let's throw this out there into the universe <laughs> be size inclusive and be open to doing open packs and order as a vendor order yourself accordingly from your own suppliers because I think that's where it really starts vendors are trying to be efficient in their ordering but it has to end up not being efficient in my head at least the math doesn't work out especially with all the different people I work with I feel like there is a need for especially I would say medium to 2xl I think that's where 90% of women lie and then those other sizes are kind of outliers they're still there but there's just not as many of them so it's really interesting but how did you even get more models to help you that is the question I know lots of people are going to ask they're going to go to your IG they're going to say, how the heck did you find all these beautiful women to come and model for you? What sort of sorcery are you doing behind the scenes? I seriously wish I had this perfect answer for you so that everyone could just go and follow. But really, a lot of them just reach out and ask. Like a lot of them are friends and family and some are like complete strangers that have become friends, you know, it's just people I think that resonate with what we're trying to do. And I feel like they feel like they can approach us because it's like they're already seeing other people do it. And so I think it's less intimidating and less scary for them to be willing to reach out. So a lot of times it's just people that they themselves reaching out. A couple months back, I want to say like, I did a model call and I was like blown away. Like I'm still not done going through everyone. I did like a Google doc survey. Like I didn't ask for pictures. Cause like, for me, it's not important what you look like, right? Like if we're an inclusive brand, we're an inclusive brand, but there's definitely certain sizes are harder for me to find. Like plus size is harder to find like a model that's plus size because maybe someone who is a little bigger, it doesn't feel as comfortable in front of the camera. My question on my Google doc survey was like on a scale of one to 10, how comfortable do you feel in front of the camera? Questions like that, where it's like, Hey, why do you think you would be a good fit? What do you love about our brand? What resonates with you? A lot lot of it has been that. And then some it's just friends and fam. I guess me myself, because like I am a Latina, I guess I'm also in that crowd. <laughs> you create that community when you put forth the energy of inclusion and wanting. I always say, I think because I grew up tall, I feel like I was always called out for that. So I never want to call someone else out for the way they look because like you can't change that. You know, there's like very few things about your physical body. You can really change. Height is not one of them. Race is not <laughs> one of them, right? Yeah. So I always feel like I'm trying to overcompensate. And I think you do the same to make people feel comfortable around me and make people feel good because that's how I want to feel too. I think it also starts with you being someone who wants to create that community. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that comes from a point, I think that feeling comes from just like a desire to belong. I think growing up where I grew up, I just felt like an outsider a lot of my life, even though like I knew there was nothing wrong with me. I just wanted a place where I felt like I belonged. And now I'm a grown woman. (laughs) I'm going to turn 30 this year. And I'm just like, you know, how nice would it have been to have a boutique like that earlier on in life where I did feel like represented and I felt included. It was interesting too. I just got back from a buyer's trip. I didn't tell you this, but I went, I went to LA. (laughs) I didn't realize. Yeah. I went to LA and I took my sister with me. It was like a spontaneous trip. She like normally lives in Hawaii, but she was just here for Christmas, New Year's. And I was like, let's go on a YOLO trip. That's what we call our trips. Can we just go on this fun little YOLO trip and just help me buy? And she's like, 
okay, sure, let's do it. And so we literally booked the flight that night, woke up at 4 a.m., went on this plane and then shopped for two days. And it was so interesting because, Emily, you know this, that I had a boutique before my current boutique. Yeah, which was like has been a boss babe for over 10 years. She started a boutique. Were you 17 or 18? 16. 16. Sorry. She was 16 when she started <laughs> I don't even know how she did it, but she did because she's a badass. But wait, so you had the boutique before. Did your sister come and help you before too? Yes, yes. She was like around. She wasn't in Hawaii. Yeah, this was before she moved to Hawaii and everything. So my sister's two years younger than me. Okay. So she's been through it all with me. Anyways, but like, so she's been on these buying trips with me before. I actually posted on Instagram, like a picture of us on the same rooftop back in 2008, 2010 or something like that. And then like one from our recent trip. When we were there, it was such a different experience because back then when I had my physical storefront, I was size, a size zero. I nor on my radar did I have extended sizing, you know. And on this buying trip, literally we went from door to door at all these wholesale vendors. And I would just peek in there. I'm like, hey, what sizes do you carry? And they'd be like, small through large. And then walk a couple of steps and go to the next one. I'd be like, do you carry small through 3X? And I'd be like, no. of them said no. And my sister was like, wow, Tabby, I knew you were a size inclusive brand, but I didn't realize that you were really strict about trying not to buy anything that isn't small through 3A. It's really hard, but I believe in what I'm doing so much that specifically like in 2021, we talked when we did our numbers, you know, we said, hey, these are the sizes that sell the most. Like it just makes sense for me to stay within that and like really own that. Yeah. And It was funny because we went to one of our most popular wholesale vendors. I had never been to their store. I've always just ordered online from them. And it was so interesting because I felt like they didn't want to help us. Do I make you guys so much money? Like, what is going on? (laughs) And the guy was just being so weird. Very little to no interest in us. Like, I don't think he believed we were going to buy. I felt like he felt like we were probably wasting his time. And then I I saw a couple of new arrivals that I hadn't seen online yet. And I asked him like, oh, do you have this in small through 3X? Because this is a vendor that carries small through 3X. Not everything, but they have a pretty good selection. And it was like a set, a semi crop set. It was a full on crop, but it was a little bit shorter than normal. And I was like, oh, darn. And he was like, big girls, no, look good in this. Kind of like some broken English in there. And I remember like, I hadn't had an experience like that from a vendor. You know, I felt like I had received an experience like that, just a regular shopping experience. But in that moment, like, I saw my sister's face. And I looked at her and she looked at me and we just both had this like moment where we both knew what we were thinking. This is a problem. And this is like why we're doing matters, you know? Yeah. Billion dollar business coming your way. (laughs) Billion dollar business (laughs) with Tabby and Bernie. Let's talk about, God, you're bringing up so many of the problems (laughs) in the retail industry. And I love that you are just trying to tackle them in your own way. Like, I think that is one of the biggest ways that in general we create change. I feel so like kindred with you so much of the time because I feel like we're both trying to do our part to create change where we are. One of the big changes that happened for you this year, which I'm obsessed, is your husband has quit his job and now works for Shop Tabby. Yeah, he's my first Shop Tabby employee. (laughs) So I want to talk to you specifically about six for your blueprint. 
because that was really the first course you took with me. You came to the retreat. If you guys were at the retreat in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know Tabby, even though she sat in the back, she was there. That was such a good group of people. I mean, Austin was great too. Chicago was so good. Do you feel like Six Figure Blueprint set you up to have him be able to quit? Do you feel like it was part yeah. of the journey? Like, tell me more about what you feel like Six Figure Blueprint sort of shifted for you. We've been knowing each other for a while, but I feel like there's been this crazy thing happened, Emily. This crazy thing happened, Emily. It was like we were just talking about, you know, I had my, I opened up my first boutique physical storefront at 16, did that for almost eight years, like decided to sell that once I decided to marry my husband. Just didn't think it'd be a good idea to like bring that stressor into marriage. And so we parted ways. I finished school, like grew a different kind of business. Two years ago, I all of a sudden was like, I really want to bring my boutique back, you know? And I always felt like I wanted to do that from the very beginning because I it was only a physical storefront. I never did anything online with it. And I mean, I was 16. I don't think I knew of websites back then or how to even build one or like what went into it, you know? I it existed then. Even in 2012, 2013, I had some weird e-commerce site that was not Shopify and it was so complicated and it was so difficult to start this online store. I get it. Yeah. There was no Emily back then, at least not for me. I didn't know of Emily back then. <laughs> and I, that's actually like one of the first thoughts I had at your retreat. I was like, gosh, I really wish I had known about Emily or knew Emily then. Then I would be in business for like, I don't know, like 13 something years or whatever. Where would my boutique business be at this point? Because at the point when I came into the retreat, I think I don't even know if it had been a full year yet. I think we were just months in. Oh yeah. I think you were only maybe, cause that was like September. And did you start in like April or May? Uh, I started in January, January 1st. Okay. So nine months. It hadn't been much, but you were still kind of focused on your makeup business. And mm-hmm. so I feel like you were kind of splitting hairs, even though you were sitting in the back being like, I'm going to have a billion dollar business, Emily. Your vision is so big. And you're getting there. Yeah, no, I'm getting there. I'm already on my way. You're on your way. <laughs> Fully yeah. on your way. I just remember having that that at the retreat where I was like, man, I wish I had known Emily back then. Well, I was ready to work one-on-one right then and there. But like many of us, we make a lot of stupid business decisions early on in any business. And I remember like, I was like ready to hire you to like be my one-on-one coach. And my husband was like, whoa, wait a second. I think we should like figure this out before we jump into this. And I remember like feeling so torn, but that's okay. I like consumed your like podcast. I like consumed your YouTube videos. I absorbed your book. And when Six Figure Boutique opened, I was like, I'm ready. I think too, as an entrepreneur, you... I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like it can be pretty lonely. You're just a one woman show for the most part, trying to run a successful business. I feel like you absorb a lot like I did, right? I consumed a lot on like social media and YouTube and podcasts and like tried to do my best to consume that information there. But I think that like something that really, really, really helped me within that was the group calls because there's a bunch of different boutiques and like they all sell different things and they're a different vibe and some are online and some are physical and some are both 
And I remember a lot of times I was just like making dinner, listening in on a call and something would like be said or someone would share one of their struggles. And then the next week they would share like, yeah, that really sucked. But then I did this and this really helped. And I remember getting a lot of insight within those calls. And then there was this one time when someone asked a question about how much they should pay themselves. And I was, I had it up until this point, I hadn't paid myself. I it had been a year and a half running my boutique and I hadn't paid myself like anything. I mean, luckily I have other businesses that were, that are good and run and I was making good money, but I wasn't actually paying myself anything for my boutique. And by this point, I felt like my boutique had really picked up and it was growing. And I, there was this thought in my mind where I was like, is it going to stop? <laughs> like for some reason, I thought like the random growth we were experiencing was like random and it wasn't something that could be continued. At some point I was like, next month we won't, we won't hit as high of a month again. And then our month would be bigger. And I was like, so fearful that like, eventually it wouldn't be as good, you know? At some point in that conversation though, I was like, okay, if I hit that number this month, I'm paying myself. And I remember I had this conversation with Bernie. I was like, babe, like how much should I pay myself? Like, I don't even know what's appropriate. It was like our biggest month yet. It felt kind of weird to all of a sudden pay myself and to pay myself that much. I was conflicted. The dude, when I like paid myself that month, I'm going to go buy myself a new Louie. I'm going to go on this fun trip. I'm going to go do all these fun things. And it felt good. It felt so fun. I don't know after that, like I just looked forward to paying myself again next month. If I get to do all of that again, yeah, I'm going to work my butt off. So I hit that number and pay myself. I've paid myself ever since. And every time it's just so satisfying. And it was funny because like my husband, he was like, man, if like Shop Chappy keeps doing these numbers, I'm just going to quit my job. It went from being a joke from to all of a sudden, like us being like, maybe you should quit your job. Going back and forth on that all, all the time. And, and then <laughs> he quit and it was so wild and so crazy, but it's been so fun. It's so fun. I tell him all the time, like, I feel like we're dating again. We're with each other all the time. And not only that, but I feel supported in my business. I don't feel like I'm running from place to place. And it felt like before, because I do run three businesses, it, before it felt like, okay, go do this thing for this business. And then by this time I need to be here. So like do the bare minimum, you know? Oh, and then like orders have to go out and I just felt so rushed all the time and it's been so nice to just have someone there to support me. And I mean, not that he didn't before because he totally did, but have someone whose actual role within the company is to assist me in whatever way I need him to. And it's also helped me realize, I think before I was really scared of hiring people and like building a team where now it feels like something I look forward to. Like on my Insta stories last night, I was like posting like future warehouse ideas. And I like did a poll asking people like, Who's my, who wants to be my future employee? Now that stuff is more exciting than intimidating. And I think that wouldn't be possible had I not had those phone calls to help. And I mean, it's not just the phone calls. There's other things in there. But I know for me specifically, that was one of the most influential moments. At some point in one of those conversations, like something was said that really changed the way I viewed paying myself. And I feel like when I started paying myself, the universe, God was like, okay, you think you're worthy of this. So here you go. And then now it's just become like, yeah, I deserve it. Like it's common sense. Like it's just going to come. It's going to continue to come.
it's like this trust now there's this trust where before it was scary and intimidating to pay myself thank you for sharing so much of that because a lot of people listening need to hear that and they need to trust in their growth that to me is why i created six figure blueprint was to show people that this doesn't have to be something you do on the side. It doesn't have to be a hobby. It doesn't have to be something that just drains your money and, or is like fun money. You can pay yourself a really nice salary from this business. It's one of the highest profit margin businesses I've ever seen. I tell my dad and his founder of his company, like, Hey, these, this is what's going on in my business. And they're like, we are doing the wrong thing. We are in the wrong business, Emily, clearly, <laughs> you know, and that's from two old dudes who've been around for a while, you know? And so it's interesting because I agree with you on the growth part of it is that it takes number one, realizing that it can be fun and like money can be fun. And I think it also takes trusting in that vision and knowing that like these little steps are getting you there. I think that's kind of what you're, you're talking about. Cause we have during the course of the 12 weeks of Six Figure Blueprint, there's nine calls and they tend to go for an hour or two. I mean, they're not mm-hmm. short calls. They're like beefy, juicy, bear your soul questions on this call, you know? And I feel like it brings a sense of community. It brings a sense, like you said, of not being lonely. Like I'm not the only one who is worried about paying myself. Oh, there's at least one other person here and probably five other people listening that just are on mute. And I think trusting in your growth is what leads you to the point where you can scale and you can have these big months that kind of freak you out. But then, like you said, you're planning for the warehouse and you're planning for the employees and how cool that it's not intimidating. It's exciting. How can I build my team? Bernie is the first piece of that. And then what comes after him is just going to be, I feel like your team is going to be the coolest team in boutique land or one of the coolest teams just because of who you two are. And you're going to attract these amazing people who then are excited to work for you and so on and so forth. But I feel like you are preaching to the choir about paying yourself and trusting the growth. It's so cool to watch you grow. We've had conversations where you're like, I went way too hard this week and then I die. You're still figuring things out. You're still making mistakes. You're still, and I think that's growth. You try, you make mistakes, you adjust. And with that comes the knowledge that I kind of joke when people retire their husbands or bring their husbands into the business. Now you got to keep doing this business. It's, yeah. it's real. <laughs> you, your butt. you can't give it up. You know? <laughs> yeah. I know when he first quit, like his job asked him to stay on like an additional two months or something. And I was like, babe, at that point, we're going to be in the middle of like the holiday season. If you're going to quit, I need you now, not then. He was like, well, like, I just feel like it'd be better if I stayed. So then I felt better about the transition. And he's just a good guy. And I was like, yeah, and then you're going to be here in like during the slow season, you know, because everyone talks about how like January is like a slow number. And I say that within like quotes, this is our biggest January yet. And I realized that like, yeah, maybe it's not the same as like the holiday season, but it's still our biggest month and that's worth celebrating, you know? And when you were speaking, the thought of like what triggered paying myself actually came, the memory came. When we were on the phone call, someone came on and they said they had a physical storefront and they said that they were having a hard time hiring people and keeping people. 
And she said, I don't understand why, because like we pay them good. She was like, I pay them more than I pay myself. And when she said that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, why would you pay someone else more than yourself? I feel like you should pay people what's fair. But what I'm saying is like, she was so stressed out about this one employee specifically. And maybe she's listening to this. I don't know, but you changed my, you, you helped change my, my life by sharing your experience because like, she was just saying like how hard it was to find people and to keep people. And she's like, I feel like I'm paying them good money to stay. But like, if I pay them more, like I'm already paying them more than I pay myself. And she was working full-time somewhere else. Basically you're working somewhere else to pay someone more money to work for you. Like that doesn't really make sense. And that's when I realized like, no, I need to value myself because like this whole thing would not exist had I not put it all together. It was really fun talking to a CPA this, uh, when Bernie first came on, like that was one of the first things I told him I wanted to do because for some reason it it, like really intimidated me to like meet with a CPA and talk about numbers and. Because it's like showing off your dirty underwear. Here is all of our finance. It's like (laughs) one of the most triggering things, I think, especially when you're a business because you feel like you're going to this authority figure to totally. you're like here judge me on a silver platter judgment here comes my shame it's all triggered that is all in book number three that I'm writing called rich uh, <laughs> <laughs> book number three all right yeah we just finished book two so yeah I gotta start I already started my three yeah gotta keep it rolling girl <laughs> yeah on. no for real yeah you're not taking no breaks you're like boom 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 and and it's true it absolutely I felt that way like I like walked into their office their lobby and I was like sitting down and I was like man like how is this gonna go and like we go in there and he's like talking to us and he's like oh this is great oh this is great yeah it really looks like you know what you're doing and I remember he asked me like three different times what kind of a boutique it was or what kind of online business it was. We tell him, he's like, wow, really? He's like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Year one was really more like a hobby. He's like, you don't really have a business. It's more of a hobby, but he's like, but year two, like, yeah, like this is great. He's like, what would you say your margins are? Everything is over 70%. There's nothing lower than 70%. He was like, for real? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah, I think you're doing things great. I remember we laughing, we got in the car and Bernie's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, that was so good. <laughs> Cause it was this like authority figure kind of telling me, yeah, you're doing things right. It's like that validation. Again, in entrepreneurship, I feel like it's so lonely. Sometimes you, you do feel scared and you're like, am I doing this okay? Or like, am I gonna mess up? Is the IRS gonna come after me, you know? But it's so nice when you have, whether it's this community, whether it's Emily or like one of the other coaches or, or a CPA, I guess. It just is always so reassuring to have someone say, hey, things are going good. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer because we could talk all day. You have <laughs> so many people. Don't start DMing Tabby. Like, I need help. Tell me what you did. You know, <laughs> don't get crazy. But please do follow her. It's at shop tabby, T-A-B-Y on IG and Facebook. You're mostly on IG. And, you know, you guys, if you're looking for someone to look at for inspiration in terms of Instagram, she's your girl. She's on stories. She's way better than I am at Instagram. I'm always like, oh, Tabby's first in my rows, you know, Tabby and you and Aubrey are for like, are always like up there. And also just from the 
standpoint of the diversity within your assortment, with your models, with the sizing, being inclusive, you are someone I'm just genuinely so excited to watch go to a billion dollars because of that, because you're doing it from a place of integrity and from a place of really being true to who you are. Like you said, you grew up not seeing diversity, not seeing girls who look like you. And here you are. Hey, other women, I'm going to show you that you can look cute in these clothes too. And wait till you see the diversity in her mouth. I mean, I love it because I'm like, oh, I know if I order this size, it's going to fit me and it's going to look good and got my green sweatsuit that I wear. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we all need loungy vibes, cozy vibes when it comes down to our clothing. All of it. All of the cozy. Well, thanks for joining me. Guys, go follow Tabby. She's amazing. If you liked what you've heard today, don't forget to rate and review this podcast so more amazing Boutique owners just like you can find it. Hopefully I will see you in my other spaces and places on the internet, whether that is my YouTube channel, on Facebook or on Instagram. I hope to see you somewhere else. Say hello when you see me there and I'll see you next week.